York, New York, big city of dreams. New York, New York, big city of dreams. Knicks beat the Kings. <laughs> 131 to 115, led by Julius Randle, who gives you a career high 46 points and a career high eight threes. Emmanuel quickly gives you 27 points on the night. RJ Barrett gives you 29 points, eight rebounds, and six assists. Evan Fournier chips in with 15 points. And then you're looking at these Knicks. The Knicks go ham in the second half. There is no third quarter of doom. There's not even a fourth quarter of doom because the Knicks score 83 points in the second half. Gunshots for these Knicks. I never seen nothing like this. They scored 44 points in the third quarter on the loan, and the Knicks beat the Sacramento Kings to undergo a two-game winning streak. And led by a phenomenal performance by Julius Randle. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you know right now. If you, listen, man, we're here. Win or lose. Rain or shine. After every Knicks game talking Knicks, even at 1 a.m. in the morning. So if you want to listen to it, if you want to hear some Knicks talk, if you want to listen to Knicks news, come hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and comment below if you want to hear us talk about these Knicks. And we're going to talk about it today. Ryan G., I don't understand. Yes, I don't understand. Why? Every time Randall sees Sabonis's face, <laughs> he gets upset. It doesn't matter where Sabonis plays. If Sabonis plays in Indiana, Randall wants to drop 50. If Sabonis plays in YMCA at 60 years old, <laughs> Randall wants to drop 50. I don't care where Randall sees Sabonis. Every time Randall sees Sabonis's face, he's like, I want the win. I want to show him up because today, once again, Randall goes ape. He takes 14 shots in the first half, goes, <laughs> he almost won. He could have gone for 50. He could yeah, have gone, gone for 50. But, you know, Tom Thibodeau took him out the game in the fourth quarter. But, yo, let me know what is up. What is Randall on? What did you see from Randall? Why do you think? Every time he sees Sabonis' face, he wants to drop 30-plus on this kid. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where it came, I don't know where the whole sabonis Randall thing came from. I mean, first I attribute it to maybe, you know, Knicks Pacers, you know, division, not, not division rivals, but, you know, conference rivals, you know, the history is there. You know, maybe Randall's like, you know what, you know, just do Sabonis, you know, our stats, com our stats are comparable. You know, we're close to each other stats-wise. So let me, you know, so let me show them, you know, show them out, you know, show them off, you know, show them that, you know, I got the game, you know, I got the better game or whatever the case may be. But, I mean, I don't know what it is with Sabonis, but, you know, I guess some guys, you know, they have that guy that whenever they see that player's face or whatever the case may be, they just up their game like 20 notches, you know, and that's what Randall does. And, yeah, Randall had a great game tonight. I wasn't really impressed with him in the first half, but to be honest about it, I wasn't impressed with none of the Knicks in the first half yeah. because every, everybody was pretty lethargic, um, sluggish on defense, a lot of open threes to the Sacramento Kings. But that second half, I, I don't know what, I don't know if they've told them something or 
what it was, but they came out with a whole lot of energy and, and you know, dropping 44, like you said, in that third quarter and then dropping 83. Mm-hmm. Like, I, th- I think there was a stat I saw, too, where um, if I could find it, I just had it up. Yeah, so the Knicks 83 points in the second half are the franchise most in the second half since December 28, 1969. That's Walt Frazier days. That's crazy. Against <laughs> Phoenix. And it says it's the most in either half since they scored 84 points in the first half against Philly on November 18th, 1988. That was a Patrick Ewing days. So, <laughs> so it, it was a crazy performance by the Knicks tonight. But, yeah, Julius Randle definitely deserves all the credit. And, yeah, you know, you got to give the man props. He may not have played his best all season and, you know, the going back and forth with the fans and things of that nature. But when the man plays well, he deserves his props. And tonight he deserves his props. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, and here's the thing. Like, I, I understand that we need to move the ball a lot more. And we only the Knicks only had four assists in the first half. It was a little bit too much iso ball for my liking in general. The the our top shoot our, our guards and Alec Burks and Evan Fournier really didn't have it going in that first half as well. So I know like the the ball movement was kind of non-existent. But Randall for intents and purposes, and um I think even quickly were the only two players have it going. Um, so when the second half came, it, it, it just seems like everybody turned it on. I felt like the ball movement was a lot better in the second half. The defensive intensity was a lot better in the second half as well. Sometimes you, sh- you got to remember sometimes in these back-to-back situations, sometimes it might take a minute to, to, for things to click. You can get in off the plane after a late-night game. It's a little bit of jet lag. So maybe could have been some of those things happening around where, where it, it might have forced the Knicks uh, slow start. But that second half... Things definitely turned around. Evans started hitting shots. Alec Burke started hitting shots. And Randall seemed to be playing out of his head. Because usually you overthink certain things. Today he was just he was just shooting the three. But like I think he only took five threes in the last couple of weeks. And all of a sudden he go into the day and he's shooting 16 threes. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, whose man is that? Like, what happened here? So I, I feel like there's a lot, and and the one turnover is also something, yeah, that we don't see a lot of. You know what I mean? But like, he's not being asked to playmake as much anymore. Um, so maybe that has a lot to do to contribute contribute to why he's not even you know turning the ball over as much, and and even. The, the times he does have the ball, like he's he seems a lot more aware where the doubles are coming from too. Because there's a few times where I saw um, uh, Fox kind of cheat over for the double team. He got rid of the ball a few times. So I, I, maybe it's a combination of him not handling the ball as much and him being a lot more aware. But man, this the Randall we saw today was just incredible. This is this this version of Randall is scary. It's super scary. I feel like you want to say something by looking at your face. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just saying that, yeah, he, this version of Randall is definitely scary. And then it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, if we get, if we got this Randall consistently throughout the season, not even dropping crazy numbers like this, but the way he played with energy in that second half, both on the offensive and the defensive side, the Knicks, like, we wouldn't be talking about getting rid of Randall in the offseason. But it's like, you know, it's one of those things where we just haven't gotten this from Randall consistently, consistently all season. It's, you know, we get it. We get it from him in spurts. Right. And yeah. And, you know, 
Yeah, that's about it. That's all I got really. That's all I yeah, really yeah, say about that. Yeah, it's it's just one of yo. It's just one of those things where you're happy, but you're also frustrated. Like I feel like anytime Randall does well from here on out, you're like you're a little bit frustrated because you're <laughs> like, where was this for two months when you were just like pissing away Nick's wins and throwing tantrums and and slapping laptops. And having attitude problems, like where was this for? Like, because this is this is the Randall we want. This is the type of focus we want, and he seems a lot more focused ever since after the All Star break. Granted, he had some back some backslides with his attitude, um, especially against Phoenix. But like we we man, if this focus was here in the beginning of the season, this things would be a lot different. And it's, it's just frustrating. It, ma- it makes, like, it's, even if you're looking on Nick's Twitter, some people are like, yeah, yeah, whatever, Randall has a career highlight. Like, like it's still, <laughs> like, some type of attitude about it. And I get it, though. I get it. I get it. But it, it, it's, like, the Knicks, though, outside of us, the Knicks are still trying to make the play-in. And it's it's, it's clearer of that. So, um, and I still don't think it's, it's, it's going to be, like, a miracle for us to make it. But, you know, the, these are athletes. If an athlete quit they shouldn't be an athlete like really yeah uh, so i mean it is what it is uh and so hold on i'm gunshots some early gunshots here because y'all here are crazy you guys are watching us talk Knicks basketball at 1 a.m in the morning on a work nice to salute to you guys jt reddick picks for timmy delano of uh, the best the best modern game fritz sang freud and everybody else is rocking with the kot show also shout out to ron hines who sends a 499 super chat just because Salute to you. And shout out to BKNY, who says a $5 super chat. He says, IQ is not a PG. He should start at PG over Burks. IQ will keep the PG spot warm for Deuce. Randall drops a 40-piece, but crowd cheers for RJ. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> this is the second night in a row where the crowd cheered for RJ. The crowd actually cheered for RJ faintly um, last night as well. But, um... Let's talk about Emmanuel. Let's talk about Emmanuel quickly right now. Because there's still some residual Emmanuel quickly hate. Um, I still don't really understand what that's about. There's still some, there's still some Emmanuel quickly hate. I quickly been playing well, man. He's been playing well as of recent. I think over the last seven games, he's averaged about 17 points a game. And I think he's been... Sh- um, his percentages have been around fifty percent from three, yeah. and field goal percentage as well. And we can see the difference of confidence and in pace now when quickly goes into that game. The pace it, uh, speeds up tremendously. The defense is there. Um, also, I think what we haven't really touched on in this program is the way he sets screens. Like he 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 contributes to the offense on the fly in certain ways. I saw this one play on a fast break when Randall was bringing the ball up quickly. Screen Sabonis on the fly, so now Randall has a mismatch of of Randall versus Fox, and quickly does does stuff like that on the fly all the time. That doesn't get credit for that that goes unnoticed, and and quickly just seems to find have found his knack of recently. What do you think? Why do you think that is, Ryan? <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing with Knicks fans because. You know, quickly's been playing good lately, and he still gets residual hate. The reason why he gets residual residual hate is because Knicks fans do not forgive, and they do not forget. It's because 
is because in the beginning of the season Next and for people. most of the season, Quickly has not played well. He has slumped from his first season as a rookie. So Knicks fans have that in their head, and they're like, no, we're not showing you that love yet. You got to show us on a consistent basis that you are back. So he has quickly had two great games, but in the eyes of Knicks fans, Knicks fans are like, no, we still remember the most. We still remember the majority of the season. You got to show us more. That's the reason why IQ still gets residual eight. But overall, IQ, he's it, at, the most important thing is that he's hitting his shots. That's the most important thing. When IQ hits his shots, he's a different player. And the fact that he's also getting to the line more now, too. In the beginning of the season, he wasn't getting those foul calls. Yeah. Now he's getting those foul calls. He's going to the line. And, he, and you already know how it is. When a guy hits, you know, a couple from the free throw line, he finds his rhythm, and that helps his shooting overall. So I think a combination of that and also the fact that, again, quickly good energy on defense. You know, he's definitely improved that area in that area. He's shown that all season. And like you say, he does a lot of things on offense on the fly. Like, he, is, is he the prototypical point guard? Nope. No. But he does things on the offense that helps out the team. Like I, and, and like I said, I like the way how he's pushing pace. But, yeah, quickly he's putting it all together right now. His shooting is better. He's drawing fouls. He's pushing pace. And he's a good defender at the point of attack as well. So you have to give quickly his props. Like, yeah, he may, he might, he might not have performed this way all season, but right now he's performing 27 points on the night for quickly six rebounds, six rebounds from a guard, from a guard, not a small forward, not a power forward, a guard, six rebounds, last game, 10 rebounds. The game before that, eight rebounds from a guard, from a guard. All right. This is from a guard. <laughs> and, and four assists from quickly. And one thing I want also want to notice, I want to touch on, is the paint touches. I don't think I've ever seen quickly touch the paint this much um, in the combination of last year and this year. He, he, I don't. I feel like he's just been watching RJ and mimicking, mimicking his game. Like I, I feel like that's what's been happening. I just, I feel like every time quickly will shoot those long threes, but it just feels like nine times out of ten he's getting in that paint. And it's not even just I'm shooting the floater because last season it was the floater. This season, he's getting to the rim. He's getting to the rim and getting fast. It's not like this. his game is expanding. Like It's funny because it's been different parts of the season where I feel like he's been experimenting. And I think people have to realize that he's still a young player and he's still trying to figure it out. And that's why you're seeing these varying results. Because he's still trying to figure out where his bread and butter is. This is one part of the season where he was just experimenting shooting um, mid-range shots. Remember, like he was, he was shooting mid-range shots for like a good week. Now you haven't seen a mid-range shot in like a week, like in a month. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like last year, it was exclusively floaters. This recent stretch, he's been getting all the way to the rim of regularity, and I think that might be the biggest difference in his game. That and he seems less hesitant in general. He just seems like he's putting up shots. And it can be frustrating because you, you miss players like that sometimes. Um, but at the same time, it's like his shot making is <laughs> like we need it. We, we just need we need scoring off the bench uh, horribly. And if you're looking at the bench points today, it's tied up 36-36. 
quickly, quick. I mean, uh, yeah, quick and quickly is a big reason for that. So I mean, he's not he's not a perfect player, but you have to admit like this recent stretch has helped us win. And even when quickly isn't playing with that first unit with with Julius Randle and and those guys, he's kept up that attack bulldog uh, mentality, and it's helped even that first unit get on track sometimes. So <laughs> twenty seven points from a second year guy, uh, pretty damn good, pretty damn good, and. Like, 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 he's still trying to figure it out, guys. I understand it's some frustrations, but y'all guys want youth movement. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't handpick the youth movement. I mean, I mean, you can say you want more McBride, and shout out to McBride. McBride played some minutes today. Yes, he did. But you can't be mad when youth doesn't play well because that goes with the youth movement. The part of the youth movement is the youth not playing well, and yep. you trying to get minutes to figure it out. All right. Uh, that's all about to say about that. And yeah, we uh, and Ryan. I don't. Do you want to add anything to that, Ryan? Oh, about oh, I already said everything I need to say about quickly. Got you, got you. Yeah, and, and I'm definitely we definitely going to talk about R.J. Barrett because R.J. Barrett has turned the corner as well. Before I talk about R.J. Barrett, let's get to this first corner, man. First caller up. All right, we got a regular. Maybe he, he's he's part of the One A.M. crew. We got my man R.J. Not to be <laughs> confused with R.J. Barrett from New Jersey. What's going on, man? <laughs> RJ, you still Hello? there? You guys hear me? Yep. Yeah, yes, sir. You. All right. Sorry. Um, yeah, I actually wanted to talk about RJ. Um, I like. Listen, I know he's been scoring lately and he's been balling, but I really like that he's how much he's improved as a passer. Mm-hmm. You know, he's uh, he had six assists against the Sixers the first night, and he had seven on Wednesday. Five against Phoenix, four against the Clippers, and then six more tonight. And it's the variety; it's the way it's coming too. Like I remember when he was nineteen as a rookie, you know, the, the the most you got he was very limited as a playmaker. You would get those you know weak side skip passes, mm-hmm. but now it's like it's a lot of pick and roll passing. Yep, he's doing the driving kick. You know, I'll do some occasional dump offs with Obi in the dunker spot. Um, and and, he's, and it's it's just watching him. He's making much better reads when he's on the attack. You know, it feels like he used to do like a lot of predetermined stuff, but now he's doing it. He's making much smarter reads on the fly, and he's still not he's still not turning it over often. It just feels like he's a much more efficient playmaker ever since he's been getting these on ball reps the last couple of months. Yeah, so I like I love the way he's playing, and he's he, again he's scoring. And I keep checking every night, guys. He's getting closer and closer. I'm checking NBA.com to that 20-point mark. He's going to get that. On average. I'm hoping he can get to like 19.5 at the end of the year so he can at least round it off. But he's getting right there. He's yeah. getting right there. But uh, yeah. that's all I got. Guys, have a good rest of the night. Thanks for taking the call. Absolutely. Right, man. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah, man. Listen. R.J. Barrett tonight. You already see the stats right there on the screen. 29 points, 8 rebounds, and 6 assists. And... Um, good point, um, other RJ, that <laughs> his his turnovers, he's only he has three turnovers tonight. But there was a stretch when RJ was struggling with his turnovers, with his increased re- usage rate. And you have to give this man props because he hasn't had big turnover games in about a month. And his usage rate has improved dramatically. Like I said, there was a, two games ago, his usage rate was at 30. And that was the most of his career. 
And you know what? I feel like this new changing of a guard where RJ is doing a lot of the playmaking um, is going to help Julius Randle, is going to help the rest of this team kind of fall into place. Um, we only have four assists in that first half. Three of those was from R.J. Barrett. That's just... <laughs> Which is crazy. <laughs> it's, just, it's just super crazy. <laughs> super crazy. And not only that, it's like, all right. Now, today he gives you the threes. Three or six from three. Uh, R.J. has improved every facet of his game, man. He's, he's, he's improving and finishing at the line. His handle has allowed him to um do this little snake move thing when he – during the pick and rolls, and it just it kind of allows him to, to for um survey the floor more and make more advanced reads at times. And he's only and they only running like pistol. They're pretty much just running yeah, pistol. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. He's doing all his damage running that same pistol pick and roll play, and driving relentlessly off of rebounds. That's it. <laughs> That's it. it, it it's kind of crazy. If we get like a, a, if we add more wrinkles to our offense. It can start to get really crazy. And and shouts to um, Nick's Twitter video guys. They start to point out that even RJ starts to control the pace of the game and who gets the ball at what at what points. He's 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 telling people to move here. He's trying to give Julius Randle shots. He's he's taking that next step of being the commander of the offense um, with this Knicks team while um while you know while, while playmaking and, and being an actual leader. So shout out to RJ Barrett who's who's done well for us today. Yeah, man. Um, with R.J. Barrett, here's the thing, because I said on Twitter the other day that the first season, like starting from today, the first season the Knicks have a good record. I feel like that. I feel like that's when he's going to get his first All Star appearance, because you can see the growth of R.J. Barrett's game. And the thing with R.J. Barrett right now is he's still trying to piece a full season together, because the last couple of seasons he's had like a tale of two seasons. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. In the, in the beginning, like maybe the first half of the season, he'll start off slow. But then when the second half of the season comes, he begins to pick it up. You know, the game is slower to him, and he's showing that he can, you know, do multiple things on the court, and he's and his game is growing. So it's like he's getting to the point now where it's like he needs to learn how to piece one full season together where – that consistent play that he gives out in the second half, he gets it in the first half as well. And I feel like when he puts that together, this I, I can easily see R.J. Barrett averaging at least 25 a game once he learns how to put it all together for a season. Yeah. And another thing that impressed me about R.J. today is because there was a play where he dribbled into the paint and there was no shot in the paint. And you know, like, so, you know guys who are not adept to playmaking, you know, or, or they're not used to playmaking like, like it doesn't come natural to them. What they would usually do is they would, like, pick up the ball mm-hmm. and then stop and then, then, then and they, they would be forced to pass the ball Quickly. Out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but RJ Barrett actually dribbled into the lane. He saw that he didn't have a shot at the basket. And he kept his dribble until he found somebody. And I was like, in the past, you would, not, you would never see RJ do something like that. So there's growth in his game. I could see him, like I said, I could see him being an all-star in the future and averaging at least 25 a game once he learns how to put a full season together. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And, and it's like, man, if we even have another playmaker on his team, 
eventually that's that's can you know do something for us because Alec Burks, as you said, like he has he's not a real playmaker. He had zero assists in the first half, and he's been our starting you know point guard. <laughs> you know, so yeah. <laughs> I like I, I saw somebody like one of the super chats was like maybe we should start IQ. Um, I, I might be back on my IQ train with, with maybe maybe maybe, but maybe we need that scoring point punch off the off the bench too. I don't know. Especially with some of the things that's been happening in the second half because there was some bad news in the second half and we're going to talk about it next. Yeah. Um, but I'll do it. Do we have any more callers? I want to know that because this is 1 a.m. So I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't any more callers. But um, before I even get to the bad news, I want to get to some more good news. All right? And that is the deuce. The deuce has gotten loose. He hasn't scored, but it doesn't matter. Why does it matter? <laughs> Because he played 20 minutes tonight. So gunshots for Deuce McBride playing 20 minutes on the night. And not only did he play 20 minutes on the night, but he ended the game. And this is the type of game where you, this is the type of game where you're like, Tom, you fool. You should have known this was going to come from Deuce McBride. You already know he's a defender. So, of course, you would leave him in the game because of his defense. Because it was a, a sequence where he had like two or three stops by himself. <laughs> And Tom was like, "Oh no, this is the we, we need to keep this energy this whole time and left them in the game." So uh, congratulations, Deuce. This is the most celebratory two points I'll ever talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> Deuce McBride, one for two from the field, two assists, uh, two rebounds, a steal, and a nice alley oop to R.J. Barrett um, to uh, cap off that run. That epic run in the second half. So shout out to Deuce McBride. Anything to add about Deuce McBride? <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Besides the fact that he's a great point of attack defender, which is something that the Knicks need, and I was actually impressed that Tibbs kept him in that fourth quarter because I was thinking that you know this would have been his, would have done his usual you know substitution where he would have probably took out McBride and put in Fournier or somebody like that. But I was impressed that he kept with McBride, seeing that, and I, and and to me it's shows me that he noticed McBride's impact on defense. Because it's one of those things where, you know, you look at the stat sheet, you see eh, two points, but an assist, you know, you're like, he ain't do much. But defensively, again, he was a beast. He showed up. So you're hoping that Sibs will, you know, definitely see his um his contribution and hopefully continue to play him even when other guys come back. Mm-hmm. I doubt it. But, you know, I'm being hopeful. But, yeah, McBride played well today, especially on the defensive end. Well, here's the thing. Cam Reddish went down today. Yeah. Cam Reddish went down today. And it's funny because I, it was like a tale of two cams today. Um, yesterday, the last night, we saw uh, we saw Deuce, IQ, Sims, um, Reddish, and R.J. Barrett have like an epic run where they shut down their opponent. And they didn't score for like five minutes, 45 seconds in, in, in the second half. And then shut them down again in the second half. This game, we didn't really see that magic on defense like we saw. You know, a matter of fact, like they they were kind of shutting us down. There was there was yo, there was some stats, Ryan, that was kind of ridiculous. Like that first half, yeah. I, I think the let me see if, I know I wrote it down. The king the Kings had twenty one free throws in the first half alone <laughs> to nine, which was <laughs> insane, and mostly because of Sabonis and uh, Sabonis and um um. Who else? Uh, who and Harrison Barnes? Harrison Barnes was given to RJ, but uh, that's besides the point. 
But the second unit, I didn't feel like they had that, that synergy they had. And last game, but I'll say this. Cam started to kind of pick it up in that second half a little bit. And it's unfortunate that he went down because it seemed like, you know, he, he, he got a block. He got a block. He 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 shot a nice little mid range jumper that, and um, he went to the hole. He missed he missed the layup. But here's here's the thing, man. With Ob topping out, with Ob topping out, and now Cam shoulder injury. It, it just seems like it just seems like there's, there's it comes a time in Knicks Nation where you have these young kids who need some runway to get some burn and to get some consistency. And we start to see flashes of that with Cam Reddish and. And it's kind of disheartening to see him go down at this time. Now, I haven't heard any updates on his injury, so hopefully it's not too crazy. Um, but um, it, it's just bad timing because it, it just looked like he was starting to carve out a role in his team. And it, it looks like even the Knicks staff was kind of instructing him to come to the, go to the hole more. And he was starting to, to do that, and it was starting to pay dividends. So, like, it, it, the, the timing just sucks, you know? And... I'll say that I don't know when Obi will be back, but the caveat is if Obi is down and Cam is down, I think you I, there's no more there's no choice but to play McBride at this point more. You know what I'm saying? So that he he who might end up still being on the floor depending on how serious that Cam Reddish injury really is. But hopefully it's not serious. Yeah. Um. You know, it seemed like he got a shoulder injury. You're hoping that it's something where, you know, it's just like a, you know, little, you know, nick or whatever, and he'll be able to come back within a game or two, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But yeah, with McBride being down and with Obi being down, you know, Grimes still out. So yeah, McBride is definitely going to get more minutes as a result. And you're hoping that, you know, McBride will be able to take advantage of those minutes and continue, and continue to show his worth. And then, you know, when everybody does come back, you know, Thibs has um a problem. He's gonna have to decide on who to play and who right. not to play. So, yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully Cam Reddish will be back pretty soon. Hopefully, it's not an, hopefully it's not an extended um out. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you there. Cause, cause to me, after last night's game, it's still back to differ. Like who fits better for this team? I feel like there there might be. Both of these guys healthy, and he if he kept getting that runway and kept performing, there might have been a brewing Obi Toppin or Cam Reddish debate happening within Tom Thibodeau and the organization. I could have seen that happening if if Cam started to keep continuing into that trajectory. So that's something else to look out for. I haven't heard any news, and I don't know if anybody else has, but um, hopefully he will be okay. Um, all right. Um, also, nothing else really else to talk about. Yeah, Mitch Robinson, who was out with an illness early. Uh, it's only a, I think it's only like a little stomach bug, so he should be back for the next game, hopefully. Um, and only other only other thing that I want to re- that's worth mentioning is Taz Gibson played a lot of minutes today, and he looked hurt. Uh, he, <laughs> I don't know if he was looking at him on the bench. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that 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 one that that one clip where I think it was Obi was talking to him and he was like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> I guess this is what happens when you're thirty plus and you play twenty five minutes after sitting a few games in a row. Exactly, yeah. you're gonna have to you're gonna need that icy hot. Yeah, man that, up. In facts, man, he need the icy hot. He might have to call a Marty and bathe him some wine or something. 
But you know, he, he had some moments with five points and eight rebounds. I wish I would have seen a little bit more Sims. Sims only played 10 minutes today, but he got a little bit early foul trouble. But you already know what it is with Tibbs. Man, Tibbs loves to, to lean on his veterans. Um, I, I guess it's just, I guess we should be grateful that Sims even got in before uh, Taz got in today. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I'm, I'm going to tell y'all Knicks fans, you just expect it because the Knicks are winning right now. If the Knicks continue to win, the vets are gonna play. I'm sorry, because this is gonna because this is gonna sink in his head. We can make this playing game. We're we're rolling. We can make this playing game. So I'm just telling y'all from now, the Knicks continue to win. Expect to see the vets. The vets ain't going nowhere. Yeah, I mean we'll see, we'll see. But we have to look. Grimes is on the spot because of his defense. Um, McBride. Played 20 minutes today, and this is usually the time when Evan Fournier gets back into the game, and he was glued to the bench. So, I mean, at, at this point, the defense that Tom loves, you're hoping will force his hand. And he, because he, because I know the only thing he might love more than vets is defense. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. He hasn't really proved it this season. Slightly. <laughs> <laughs> But hopefully, hopefully, um, common sense prevails and we start to see that. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know what? That is our show. Man, nothing really else to talk about. Evan Fournier, 15 points. Um, Alec Burks, five points. Cam Reddish goes down. And we got, um, and yeah, Julius Randle, career high, 46 points, career high, eight rebounds. And next game up, we have the, who? We got Dallas, man. The Mavericks. We got the Mavericks. And this game doesn't really have that sting to it like it usually does because, you know, KP is not there. So, you know, the hatred, I don't really have the hatred for the Mavs like I used to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's with the Wizards now. We, do, we get to see KP four times a year now. <laughs> exactly. So four times the hate with the Wizards. The Mavs, eh, I don't care about them anymore. I don't care about them <laughs> as much. Uh, but we already know that Julius Randle likes to play well because he's going home. It's going to be his Dallas team. He's going home to Texas. Yeah. So we would think that he wants to play well for this game. And we'll be here to talk about it. On the next game will be what today is. It's tomorrow. It's Wednesday. It's Wednesday? Yeah, I mean, because it's Tuesday now, so they're saying tomorrow. So it's Wednesday. Oh, technically. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Technically, yeah. it's tomorrow. Yeah. Technically, it is tomorrow. So, our next game Wednesday versus these Dallas Mavericks. Shout out to everybody who called. Shout out to everybody who's watching, man. And um, you'll, we'll see us see us on Wednesday. So, we, let's, let's wrap, it, wrap it up right now. All right, Ryan G. Let them know where they can find you, sir. Well, you can find me on Instagram at Sir G is Chillin'. Sir G is Chillin'. That's S I R G is C H I L L I N. You can also find me on, yeah, you can also find me on Instagram at Sergi's Corner where I post videos. Like I said, I've been busy lately, but soon the videos will come back where I talk about Knicks and other sports as well. You can also find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. All right. Also, you already know you can find us at the K O T Show on Twitter, the Nick of Time Show on Instagram, and the Nick of Time Show on Facebook. You can also get our merch at the Nick of Time Show dot com. Uh, and, you know, listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher as well. Nice, quick, short show. We can get to sleep. <laughs> Shout out to the, Knicks, the crazy Knicks fans who are watching with us. And if it's your first time here, please be sure to like and subscribe and comment. All right. That is our show. And as always, shut out the World Wide West. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here, all right? That's our show. 
We'll see you versus Dallas. We are out of here. All right, peace. Thank you.